I couldn't stay in bed because I do all the life to find out. It makes you the biggest liar, depression does. I, I, you know, drive up in the mountains and sleep in the car, those sorts of things. I had a breakdown or breakthrough, whatever you want to call it. I had no choice to get the help because basically I, my body had shut down. I was starting to think my family would be better off without me. Looking back, it was a really tough time that was. But thankfully, everything came out then. I told Michelle everything. I thought, right, okay, I don't care anymore. I need to get myself well. Having a baby is meant to be the most joyful time of your life. But for many mums and dads, it can be the hardest and at times the darkest of places. Welcome to Blue Mondays, the podcast for anyone struggling with parenting. Today's guest is Mark Williams. Mark is a keynote speaker, author, consultant and international campaigner. In 2004, he experienced depression and suffered in silence for years until he entered community mental health services. Mark founded International Fathers Mental Health Day and the hashtag HowAreYouDad campaign to make sure all parents are having support for the whole family. Mark has spoken on television and radio stations around the world while working with Dr. Jane Hanley. In 2020, Mark published the report called Fathers Reaching Out, Why Dads Matter, showing that there are far better outcomes for the whole family and the development of the child when fathers are more involved and supported. In 2021, the film Daddy Blues was released, which was based on Mark's journey. Wow, you've achieved a heck of a lot since your uh, your battles with depression. So uh, welcome to Blue Mum Days, Mark, and I'm so honoured to have you on as a guest today. No, thank you, Vicky. No, exactly. It's, it's the point is that uh, after going through what we've gone for as, as parents, uh, you know, something good can come up with something bad as well. That's the most important thing as well, to show that you're not alone, but you can use those experiences to help other people when you are having or had that support, I should say. Can you just tell us a little bit more about this thousand and one days that you mentioned? Yeah, there was a big parliament debate only recently about, uh, I think, Andrew Lipson and a couple of MPs obviously been pushing this, you know, about uh, more early prevention in that time. And uh, my, uh, my MP has been a fantastic advocate for me in uh, in parliament, Chris Elmore, and even he who was there before and MP and he's an AM now, he's been pushing to make sure we're more fathers inclusive as well, because like I said, you have to look at that, the child's brain development as well as research. There's showing the scans as well of the benefits when dad and baby. You only got to look at the selfish experiment. There's one of mums, but there's one on dads. Exactly the same outcomes as well, you know. Um, but the Thousand Critical Days, yeah, it's a report. It's online as well. There was a manifesto, which uh, at the first time, it was mostly talking about mums, but it's all about parents, really, about supporting all parents in this time. So there's a range of reasons and, and the outcomes it has because it's so important and beyond as well. It's when the brain rewires the baby's brain and, and uh, all the neurotransmitters and everything comes together as well. So, And there's some research, obviously, comes out um, about the benefits when you look after mum and dad and, and the caregiver as well. Yeah, and so you can actually see a physical difference on MRIs when you know the the baby is interacting with dad that's that's incredible because again often in society and certainly I'd say in the past and in sort of previous generations the dad's role was seen as breadwinner and very secondary to to the mum when actually it has just as profound uh, an impact on the child as as the other parent that's the thing that's why it's important now include father because 
if fathers are home now with the baby in those early years and we don't support dad, that's not going to be good for that child growing up either, is it? So, um, so yeah, that's another reason why we are shifting at last to see more, uh, more women in different roles. And uh, that's another reason why we should be now starting to think, okay, let's look, let's look at dads, uh, supporting dads better during this time. I think for me personally, that was never a factor when I became a dad because now I wasn't working and I've always had his work ethnic um, with me. I started to feel guilty. I should be provided for my family. And I couldn't because my, Michelle was so unwell as well. So that's another reason why fathers struggle with their mental health because they have to be his provider. They got to do this. And, and um, yeah, I just tell them, I tell them, look, guys, that, you know, it's changed, especially in the UK, not all countries, but in the, especially in the UK, it's totally changed now. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? And I think with also with the COVID pandemic, there's been a lot more sort of thinking about what we want out of working lives. And there's been a move towards hopefully greater flexibility, but also a rethink about, you know, the roles because we're told, you know, mum stays at home, dad goes to work, but actually it doesn't have to be that way. There was the incident of Stella Creasy in government recently where she, she took her baby into parliament and she brilliantly called out the, the bullshit about, you know, you can't have a baby in parliament. And I remember putting a post on LinkedIn with a picture of, of Stella saying, you know, just a normal mum trying to do a job. And I had like 33,000 views and it obviously resonated because, you know, sometimes, you know, my posts get like 100 or, or something, you know, not even that sometimes. And that clearly resonated with a lot of people, both mums and dads. We are shifting forward with a lot of things. And uh, certainly I think when I first started, where we are now, you know, it's more research, people are interested, they understand now the benefits, by including fathers uh, in support. But uh, we still got a long way to go, but I'm, I'm pretty positive. I knew I was right, Vicky, honestly. I knew I was right because these fathers would tell me things that they possibly hadn't told professionals because they knew I understand it. So lived experience is a such a value in that because you can actually have conversations with people where they feel they're in a safe place and they feel they can tell you stuff as well. It's a big myth for men don't talk, but oh, once you get that, when a woman never father talking up in a group, it doesn't matter who runs a group, a man or woman, they will open up our father and we just sit back then and watch him. In. And I'm still learning off of fathers now. We'll never know everything about mental health is impossible, but that's why Dr. Jane Handley came in and in 10 years ago, Fathers getting intrusive thoughts and lose some of the baby. Fathers who um, felt isolated. Fathers who had a, you know, these these thoughts where they couldn't change the baby's nappy for various reasons, and then they take themselves up down a pub. It looks like they're presenting as a bad dad, but really they're struggling and getting intrusive thoughts. Mental health is not a gender thing. You know, anyone can suffer during this time for various reasons as well. You know, so. I think that working with Jane then and, and then getting a more in-depth knowledge about perinatal mental health is where I am today, you know, trying to push it out the more. Thanks to yourself, really. <laughs> um, what was your first opportunity for you to open up and actually be honest about your experiences and voice them? Yeah, unfortunately, my, I lost my grandfather dementia and um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer within weeks of each other. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, and I, well, she's fine now as well. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, I got a really close family. And 
obviously the things that I thought, well, I thought I hadn't dealt with and everything just triggered everything off. And, you know, and uh, I was, I was working in a security at that time as well, you know, so I was, I was working in mental health and uh, I would actually come really unwell. And I, I, I was physically fit, Vicky, that's the point, you know, I was physically fit, but my mental health was impacting my physical health. You know, I was doing kickboxing and everything. I was really physically fit. And, um, the thoughts were really coming back and uh yeah i used to avoid myself i i this is the things that happened in the post period you know i get in the car i couldn't uh stay in bed because i didn't want my wife to find out it makes you the biggest liar depression does and uh, i i you know drive up in the mountains and sleep in the car those sorts of things and um this was happening again obviously during this time and i had a breakdown or breakthrough whatever you want to call it i had no choice to get the help because Basically, I, my body had shut down, really. Um, I like to think I'm glad now because I don't know where I was because going through that thought of suicide, I was starting to think my family would be better off without me. You know, I was my son would, would you know, find somebody, father. I was all sorts of things that was going on. Mm. And um, I'm lucky. And, like, you know, this, yeah, it was, looking back, it was a really tough time that was. And, uh, but thankfully... Everything came out then. Everything I uh, I told Michelle everything, and I, I thought right, okay, you know, there was nobody else. I I, I used to worry about what people thought, which I don't think you know, because nobody was in our car that day when it was unwell. And I thought right, I don't care anymore. I need to get myself well. So I started on med, obviously for me personally, you know, medication. I needed medication for me personally, and um, then I started uh, therapies, which I didn't know about, you know, uh, CBT and with the trauma and all sorts of things and uh and then putting positive coping skills like mindfulness meditation and uh i started building my co- thing with depression the first thing that goes is your confidence as well you know yeah so i started building my confidence Definitely. yeah sorry vicky yeah you know it's my confidence started build up eventually went back and uh, i was in the gym one day and i said this guy he said can i buy the weight split and he said yeah i gotta go to nhs prams I said, oh, what's NHS prams? He said, oh, my wife's got post-depression. No way. I said, no way. No. I said, yeah, yeah, no way. I said, I said that. And all of a sudden we had this conversation and I realized it was the never father who'd gone through a, a similar experience as me. And I felt great, you know, because I talked about mental health and nothing talked about this. And so I set up a group called Fathers Reaching Out. Well, what was funny about it, looking back now, or coincidence or fate, whatever you want to call it, the lady who looked after Michelle Gale James was our CPN nurse. And Michelle, uh, sorry, Gail went on to set up NHS prams. No way. I so what's, what's CPN mean? Uh, community uh, mental health nurse. Right. Uh, CPN. Um, yeah, community mental health nurse. So she went to specialise and um, NHS prams now has actually uh, gone from Bridgen down to Swansea. Uh, like, and I remember Gail saying to Michelle, when you're well, you know, come and do a talk or whatever, think about setting stuff up. And obviously I'm doing the talks now, but it ain't mad that uh, if Gail hadn't set up, I wouldn't have a conversation. Yeah. Brian was in our same, same place. If I hadn't met Brian, I wouldn't be talking to you today. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? And that, that those moments of synchronicity or where you feel like the world's just sent a message to you to say keep going or you know I, I'm not a, I'm not a religious person but I sometimes think that you know you you connect with people when you need them most 
if you hadn't spoken to Brian, would you have looked at him and, and thought he was going through that? No, 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 definitely not. No. The thing was as well, even though I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, if I didn't have a conversation, I would never have found out, well, I don't know, that I suffered depression in the postnatal period or from obviously PTSD from witnessing my wife's traumatic birth as well. You know what I mean? So looking at Brian, he, he was a, you know, ex-builder. You know, he's done well. He lost his business. He lost his house. He lost everything looking after his wife. And he was suffering himself as well. Oh, my goodness. And that got me thinking. So I set up a father's reaching out group, it was called. And it was only to support fathers with their partners with post-depression. But what we were finding, like I mentioned, you know, the mums who support us say, Mark, I'm fine. But my husband is really struggling with a partner and his impact on my mental health and has an impact on our relationships as well. And then I started looking outside the box. Hang on a minute, this is bigger than I thought as well. You know, this is uh, 12 years ago now. And uh, so, yeah, I just started uh, pushing on and then made a bit of media coverage about the group. And they just went mad that year. All of a sudden, you know, I was put up for all these awards, which is nice. But there's nothing better feeling than knowing you've saved somebody's life. I've been told, even yesterday, a colleague, you know, um, told me that uh, he wouldn't be here if I hadn't spoke to him. So those sort of things. Yeah, those, wow. Those, those sort of things, uh, you know, that means more than anything, really. That's, that's moved that. me so much, you know. And, and it just goes to show, you know, never give up doing what you're doing because I know it can't be... Sorry, I'm getting all no, emotional. Sorry, but it can't be it can't be easy. Um, and imagine there's certainly in you know, when you first started out, I'd imagine there was quite a lot of barriers. Oh we had a bit a lot of boosts and all sorts of things on social media, you know. Abuse. Oh, we have a boost, yeah, how can fathers get a grip? Um, all sorts of things. You're taking attention away from um you know, what, what dad's got to be depressed about, you know, all sorts of things. Um, but we've done loads of articles recently and we know when, you know, people are educated more now as well. Uh, and people know my work's all about, you know, parents and um, things as well. So, oh, we had loads, you know, I had four, you know, loads of things over the years. But uh, I, I think, I think um, the booty of ADHD is as well. You could hyper-focus on something. And then I started looking at the research and, I was really interested. I want to find out why the more, and, and that's kept me going. And don't get me wrong, Vicky, there's times when I just wanted to quit as well, uh, overwhelmed and uh, the financial side doing it because, you know, gosh, me and my wife were better off 20 years ago, you know, financially. And But, you know, this is what we do. My wife works in mental health now for Mental Health Matters Wales, and, and she's youth worker as well. So, you know, yeah, we've got a lot of purpose in our lives now as well. And how's your relationship with with your your son? What sort of how would you describe your relationship? Yeah, yeah, he's funny. Oh gosh, he's he's uh, that's a big you know father his best experience. You know, even got a job in it now as well, so it's good. But uh, my son, Ethan, oh, he's uh, well, he's coming seventeen now, and uh, he knows more about mental health at seventeen than I ever knew at thirty years of age. We have this open conversation. I think the beauty, obviously, both parents work in the field. He knows what we do. He's very clued up. I used to take him along to like BBC Breakfast and all sorts of things and, uh, <laughs> wow. and, uh, on radio. And we went on the Chrissy V show together and he stood up and, and did a little clip and stuff like that. So he's had a lot of experiences. And the thing, like I said, he's 
it's, it's, you know, we need more role models and fathers as well, not just Bart Simpson and uh, Peppa Pig, don't we, as well. So uh, we need more role models. So I think that what he's learned off me now, or it's the same that he's going to take on to, if he decides, so he may not want to be a parent, but if he decides all the qualities and the qualities they haven't got, obviously, because that's what we learn off our parents sometimes as well, that we, you know, my father learned off, my grandfather took all his bad habits out, you know, a father learned off, you know, I learned off my father and I certainly, my son hopefully will uh, become a better version of, uh, as a father. But we all make mistakes as parents. There's no such thing as a perfect parent, but we all yeah. try our best. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the thing. And a lot of parents feel this crushing sense of failure because they have this idea of what a good parent is or a perfect parent is. And actually you know parenting is is messy and there's so many mistakes and there's a lot of wing in it and yeah winging it a lot of winging it <laughs> oh my yeah. god yeah <laughs> and it's so it's so weird because like I'd have conversations you know where somebody might sort of say to me like oh you know you, you look really prepared and I'm like no I'm feeling like I'm dying inside because I feel so bad but you never know what's going on underneath the surface of, of people and I think having these really open conversations are so important and and I just love the fact that you have had that open dialogue with your son and you know it it's going to help him not just understand himself and his emotions better and increase his own resilience but as you say it pays forward you know in terms of his friends or if he starts a family of his own and I, I love that positivity that you've created out of something that was deeply traumatic at the time. Yeah, definitely. And you're right. And I obviously go back to that colleague yesterday, you know, what he told me. And then he puts on Facebook about his own struggles and how he's overcoming them in the last four months. And that's that's what I like to see is, uh, you know, seeing people grow myself, you know, as well. And that's why I share you know, all the stuff I do because I say, look, if I can do it, why can't you do it? You know, if you want to, that's if you want to do, you know, use your lived experience to whether campaign, write a book or whatever feel, not just post pressure or perinatal, um, whatever, if you're dealing with alcohol, why can't you go into schools and, and educate people, you know, to give a bit high, sometimes a highest purpose, same as you, Vicky, as well, you know, mm-hmm. what you do now, you know, you know, so many people will, um, We'll learn off this podcast and, and get help as well. You will never know. You, you'll never know how many people you help. They're the only ones that come forward and, and told me. But, you know, there's so many. It's like a massive ripple effect. And going back to my son, obviously, you know, oh, you know, i got to tell you this really. Um, obviously, I know about confidentiality, but a, a, a school friend, a uh, parent who um, phoned me up, who's concerned about, you know, his son, and um, she knew I worked in mental health. And I think the biggest, one of the biggest goosebumps I had was uh, she said, oh, your son, Ethan, if, he, if my son was going to open up, he'll go to Ethan. Because, wow. you know, <laughs> he'll understand it. And, and, uh, and that was, oh, that was, yeah, that gave me goosebumps when she said that. So, yeah, you got a lot of empathy, understanding as well for people who suffer more. And, yeah. Do you now look back then and and see the positives, how it's completely changed your life? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I'm still looking after my mental health. Obviously, I'm more aware of it. Uh, unfortunately, my wife went through another episode because um, um, 
I found my mother-in-law passed away in the sofa, unfortunately, uh, oh not last October. I'm so sorry. But that was traumatic because obviously we had, you know, she was fit and, uh, but obviously, uh, you know, that was, that was, uh, so we had obviously gone through grief counseling and stuff and obviously what we, you know, thing, but, um, but even that as what we've gone through, uh, my wife's, my wife, I you know people have talked to me and said all the great work I do. If it weren't for Michelle, I wouldn't be doing this today because she's so supportive She's always been there. She wants, she encouraged me, you know, even when she's gone for dark days, you know, she said, Mark, we got to do this. If we, if we don't do it, it, you know, we need to join the collective and, and get us out there as well. So, you know, Michelle's the biggest hero for me personally, far more because financially as well, you know, she knows I could have got a, a job elsewhere. Um, I'm taking, you know, I haven't taken, and I've told her that I could take a job and with the NHS, whatever it is, but this is my passion, and same as yourself, Vicky, you know, so I think, yeah, Michelle's a big hero, but, um, oh, I, I'm glad we've gone through, and still going through a lot of things, uh, but we, there's a positive, I, I call it post-traumatic growth, that's what I call it, we can all go through this, and we come out even better people as well. That's so incredible, so inspirational, so, I'd love to know a bit more about how you got to work with Dr. Jane and what you went on to do together. Can you tell us about that? So, yeah, so Dr. Jane Handley, uh, Jane's been like an international uh, president for the Marseille Society, which is a big research uh, organisation. And also, uh, you know, Jane's gone for the hoops as well as a mid-health visit, I should say, and then went and became a doctor and a typical Swansea girl. And uh, we just hit it off, you know, very much... Uh, I think Jane swears more than me sometimes as well. You know, she's very, uh, <laughs> and uh, she's, I think she's very hyperactive. And, uh, but yeah, she's great, Jane is. And uh, working together, I think I know my skill sets. I'm all for neurodiversity now as well. I, I know what I can do and what I can't do. So I, I say, oh, have you thought about this in the book? Have you thought about that? And I'll put things on pace or whatever it is. And, and, um, and then Jane will reference it. All the things that, um, that don't really interest me as well. I got to be interested in something to think. And then we started doing um, articles together then. And uh, for the Nursing Times, we've done BGM, we've done loads of different articles. And uh, we had some front page exclusives as well, which would be great um, as well. And then uh, we did a book, obviously, then called Fathers and uh, Perinate Mental Health. It's one of the first. It's, it's a couple of books up there on, on Fathers Depression, but it, it more, goes in more in depth about that as well, an academic book. You know, thinking I'd do an academic book when I left school at 15 old qualifications, you know, it's, it, that's, uh, that's another thing I try to push for people, you know, who unfortunately are not very good in school, well, for various reasons, you know, but um, going back to that, yeah, it's been, oh, it's been a wonderful journey with Jane. And I th- think it wasn't for Jane being my mentor because Jane trained me up in perinatal mental health then about listening skills and all sorts of things. And uh, she's given me the confidence to, to speak to the academics as well, because, I remember when I did a conference in Swansea, it was, it was at her conference, Jane's conference, I should say, and um, all these academics were asking me questions that I didn't have the knowledge I don't know now. And I just left. I've never left a conference. I didn't do the talk. And then for the two years, then I really wanted to research and find out everything. And it was in Australia two years later, the Marseille Society Conference. So I checked in a credit card and went out to Marseille. Amazing. Uh, really, yeah, to speak up there. <laughs> and it was like I had like 5,000 pounds of therapy because I was speaking to all the 
professors and doctors from around the world on the subject and I just had this better knowledge of it yeah and yeah. Uh, it gave me the confidence and, and better self-esteem that I can speak to anyone on this subject I know what I know I only say what I see as well and uh, we all got knowledge from a lived experience to working in it anyone can contribute to helping parents yeah absolutely and that's such an important thing you know that everybody's voice matters you know you could have somebody who's who's been studying it academically for years but unless they've been through it you know who's to say your experience isn't more important than than theirs but it all matters and how did you and Jane sort of get to meet or know of each other then yeah yeah there was this lady I was uh, speaking to and like um she was uh, explaining, or oh, Jane's, you know, she, it was like, it was like uh, some sort of film star sort of thing. I, I couldn't get grips of it, like, you know. And uh, so said, you knew oh, her by reputation then? Yeah, by reputation in Wales it was. And, uh, and uh, this lady said, oh, you got to get on. And as it happens, it's coincidence because Jane actually, people are not aware of this with Jane. Jane did a lot of work, a, a video on fathers at that time. And we had a bit of um, press coverage in, in the Wales online. Yeah. And, um, and then I was, I said, oh gosh, that's a coincidence. So I, I met her in Swansea University. She was lecturing there down there at the time. And uh, we just hit it off, you know, we just hit it off straight away. And uh, I think she was interested in all the things that I was explaining about fathers and stuff in a confidential way, obviously. But, uh, and um, yeah, we just hit it off really. And still, still good friends today. And, you know, yeah, we're really good friends and she's a really good friend and she's a counsellor and, you know, all the things I've gone through in last year with Michelle and, uh, you know, she's been there for me as well. So she's a very good friend. And I think, I think even though I could have gone with other people as well, obviously you can't mention no names uh, because there's conflict interest. I, yeah. I always yeah. stick, I always stick with Jane, you know, she's been there for me and I'll, I never, um, never lose that loyalty to her. Like, so I, I get a lot of, a lot of time for Jane. She's amazing. Like, so, but obviously, you know, working with other, you know, speaking on stage with like Professor Paul Ronchadani. Then I was starting to get the goosebumps and I realised what people were on about because you start researching people and uh, seeing all these academics and what they've done for fathers and child development. And so I, I do get, sometimes I understand where people are coming from where you get a bit of goosebumps because I don't get starstruck really. Yeah. You know, I, Vicky, I tell you this, I think it, I, I was at the private wards and um, I tell you the first person, um, I was at the bar. Good thing about uh, ADHD, you can talk a lot. I was at the bar uh, at the after party sort of thing, you know, upstairs in the governor's house. And this woman came out talking to her. Because, oh, you'll have to come with me. We did do to somebody. We, ran, we went around the corner. Give a guess who he was. Hey. Stephen Hawkins. No way. Wow. Uh, I got a photograph. Like the top table. Oh, God. <laughs> he was in his room, he was, away from the crowds. And I didn't realize she, the lady I was talking to, she was um, his carer, yeah. you know. Ah, oh, amazing, you know, and they were wonderful. Like, so, yeah, I think from this journey, I've met so many people, you know, as well, people I would never met as well, and experiences as well, which, are, you know, I would never have those experiences, you know, going on TV, radio, and um, and writing books. So that's what, I, that's what I want to put across to people is that, you know, you can, you know, kind of different experiences from going through a traumatic experience as well. Yeah, yeah. And that actually, you know, in some ways, it, it sort of improves you as a person or it makes you grow as a person. And not just from, 
you know, developing greater compassion for other people and empathy, but actually you can go on to do something because it, as, as, you know, exactly like you say, it's, it becomes a passion and a purpose. And this is something that I would like to do more of, you know, I really want to sort of use this as a way of not hopefully, you know, I, I never started this podcast out with great ambitions, you know, more than if it helps one person feel less alone in the middle of the night, or if it signposts support, you know, and where, where to go to, um, then job done. But I, yeah, it's, it's these conversations and the incredible people that I've been speaking to and their, their very precious personal stories, which they, you know, I feel so honoured and humbled that you're, you're sharing your story with me today. I just think, there's so much more, you know, to be done. There's so many more conversations to open up. And this is just the beginning, I hope. I love thinking about you as, you know, the 14-year-old, 15-year-old Mark and how you were sort of treated in school because you were undiagnosed with your ADHD. And to think you've been talking on international stages, you've done TED Talks. You've written uh, yeah. books, you've been on the telly, you know, all these I know, things. I know, I know, I it, know. It, that's the thing, you know, still uh, with the youth club now and um, not as much as there used to be, but that's what I tell young people. And, uh, you know, you can do anything in your life. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. And also I tell them, I learned this off my father, you know, never look down on somebody unless you're helping them up, you know. And uh, and I've always taken that thing, you know, to a point where, yeah, I just want to inspire other people, you know, to do what they want to do and 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 also I, I get better pleasure seeing people grow even further you know so even with my youth football team you know when I started it and we, you know seeing all the other coaches now and how they are pushing it forward and it's getting bigger and bigger so yeah if I can inspire other people to doing bigger things seem bad for me that is yeah you're well you're definitely definitely doing that did you have a message for for dads who are currently going through this and who perhaps have not even admitted to themselves those dark thoughts yeah definitely it's um you know just think yourself as you know especially your personality if you you know if you feel uh it's changed as a pregnancy and baby obviously speak to your gp and your health is there midwife and they can more understand you know this now they can um speak to uh, perinatal specialist perinatal mental health teams if you need to get that education but also you know don't um don't worry about other people think as well you know you know gather help because like you said it, you are important like you said Vicky early on is because if you can't look after baby certainly old scenario on the airplane you know who to put the mask on first yourself for the baby you know you put it on yourself you know and that's the point you got to put across do it for yourself so you can look after the baby better as well so there's a range of reasons why you should early and don't worry about other people think that's a big thing, but there's loads of support. And I know obviously you've got a lot of links on the report as well. You've got the NHS uh, mental health helplines. You've also got the Hub of Hope, which is a database. You put your postcode in and it tells you what mental health services actually in your local area as well. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? You get so much enjoy, enjoyment being a parent as well. I, I wouldn't have done half the things uh, we've done as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, you know, being a football coach with, the, with him and seeing him doing things together, tape tennis, all sorts of things. And 
couple of matches. We've got season tickets. I wouldn't have a season ticket there if um, if he, if he didn't, didn't want to go. So yeah, we still got that uh, good bond, and we always have that conversation side by side in the car about things that are troubling us, you know, as well. So it's good. And so for parents who maybe have bonding issues and are going through that at the moment with their their baby and and finding it hard to feel that connection, what would you say to them? now 17 years on from that experience yeah definitely there's so much resource out there like um uh, best beginnings uh, for parents is a good app there as well you can download all free it doesn't cost nothing um but health professionals midwives is is lots of antenatal classes online now as well and i work with a, a midwife called the honest midwife and we do well-being sessions together and uh, every so often and we explain about this stuff the important i think the big thing i can tell uh, parents is communication is a big factor communicate with each other tell each other be honest with each other because mum's overthinking over here dad's overthinking over there and just be honest with each other but when it comes to obviously bonding and stuff yeah there's loads of good resources out there now as well um but when it comes to dads dads need to be educated on this as well being in tune with the baby and just because you're experiencing that now doesn't mean that you're not going to develop a a really solid relationship later on yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, those early years, you know, and uh, I didn't get that sense, but it could, sometimes can take a bit longer for a lot of parents as well. And, and that's okay. Don't feel guilty about that as well. It's okay. Can, sometimes it can take a bit longer, but keep in there, you know, keep in tune with the baby, keep keep it there and, um, and then guarantee, well, you know, it will come. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for, for speaking no, with us today, it, Mark. I, I, I could talk to you done... for hours. Oh, gosh, I just we could talk about loads of things. Uh, but yeah, I've enjoyed it today, Nikki, as well. If you enjoy this episode of Blue Mondays, please rate and subscribe. It only takes a minute, but it genuinely makes a difference to how many people can find it, which means helping more parents in need. Thank you.